Hi, this is Aaron Orlando reporting for the Revelstoke Mountaineer. I'm joined by Maggie Spaziri, who is the Revelstoke Bear Aware Coordinator. Maggie, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So Maggie, obviously uh, the reason we're doing the, converse, the interview today is because We've had uh, a really active past few days. Uh, we just found out today that four more bears were destroyed yesterday in addition to the three the day before. Why are we seeing these uh, numbers all of a sudden? Well, it seems we've had a lot of bear activity coming into the city in the last two weeks, actually. Um, and it seems with our conservation officer being in Golden and being so far away, the response time, um, Dan does an amazing job, but the response time being an hour and a half away takes a little bit of time to do and he's managing a, a fair wide um, area to say I guess the best way to say it um, and so his job he's very busy and uh, so the reason why the bears are coming into town is basically we had a very early start to the spring it was really warm um, I mean we look at Revelstoke on closing day of the mountain and everybody was in t-shirts <laughs> so our spring came very early it was very warm and we had berries early and had a great berry crop in the spring um, i've heard reports of the second set of berries being up in the mountains that although there may be some they're not doing as well um, so the bears are basically looking for an alternate food source um, and what that means they come in they look for you know fruit trees the plums the cherries the apples and of course the garbage as well. Um, it it's, seems to be almost like candy to them. So they come in and, and they have a little feast. Um, I'm not sure if there's any more bears this year in comparison to last year. I think there's just more bears that are coming into within the city limits. You mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, you mentioned garbage as well as fruit and there's other attractants. Maybe it could be chickens or grain on the railway or pet food left out or other sorts of barbecues on secure food. Really, what are the main attractants? What is, what is the main thing the bears are looking for? Uh, the top two is actually garbage and fruit. So mm -hmm. garbage is usually 65% of the time um, when we get a, a call into bearware is because of garbage. And then the second biggest is fruit. Um, outside of that, it's probably, I would say, maybe let's say 15 to 20% would be the remainder of it. Um, it might not even be that high. And that's, like you said, your, um, your bird seed, uh, chickens, dog food, uh, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So garbage is the main one. Um, obviously, residents are required to lock up your garbage, make it inaccessible, take a whole bunch of steps to make sure the bears don't get into it. How, as a community, are we doing at that? Um, it's a little bit across the board. Some people are very adamant about locking up their garbage and keeping it secure and others aren't. Um, in order to have a sort of successful um, run on reducing our attractants is, I believe, for the entire community to pull together. Um, it is only midsummer, and bears are going to be far more active into the fall leading up to their hibernation. So this is really just the beginning of our bear season. So being able to lock up that garbage is actually very important, especially leading into the fall. Mm -hmm. what, can, what can you do to get people to secure their, their garbage better? Because it seems to me that anyone who's been in this town for at least a year mm -hmm. knows there's bears and you should be uh, taking steps. Uh, yes, for sure. So we're going to be putting together uh, a door-to-door -door campaign to be going around and talking to people to make sure that everybody is aware of the attractants um, and to make sure that they are locked up. 
Um, the other thing is we are working with the city, which is great, and uh, putting together an enforcement, I'm not sure if it'll be an enforcement campaign or what exactly it will be, but just having the city be more active in handing out those fines uh, for people putting out their garbage the night before uh, garbage day, which is great. I'm excited to move forward with the city and talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. The rule now, what is it? Is it 6 a.m. or 7 a.m.? What is the... I believe it's 7 a.m. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it a case of a lot of people just sort of not really having it together or, or do you, are you called again and again to certain houses that, that have, uh, are not paying attention to the rules and the bears are going to those houses? How, how would you describe the, the nature of, of, I guess, the problem uh, of people not securing the garbage? Yeah, it's usually there are specific areas within the city that are, seem to be more apt to be a problem area. I'm not sure if problem is the right um, word but uh, either way it's where garbage seems to be left out but I also think that it has to do with there's a lot of people that don't have garages to be able to store their garbage or don't have basements to be able to store their garbage in those secure places Um, so that's kind of when we start looking at possibly implementing some sort of bear safe bins or um, the large bigger dumpsters like we have up in Johnson Heights there Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's more than just one factor of whether or not people are not willing to um, lock up their garbage, but maybe they just don't have a safe place to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of working with them on finding a solution as well. What, what if I don't have a, a garage? What are some, some ways I can deal with it that are practical? Um, one really easy way to deal with it is any meat that you would generally throw in the garbage, put it in a little bag and pop it in your freezer. Um, and then when it's garbage day, take it out and put it on the curb because meat is generally sort of the smelliest kind of aspect to any garbage. So mm-hmm. that's an easy one to be able to to do. Just pop it in your freezer. Um, there's always composting as well. We have some great articles on our website, uh, revelstokebearware.org, on how to maintain an odorless compost bin, which is great. You had the trial of um, locking garbage bins up in Johnson Heights for, mm-hmm. for the past few years. How did that go? And are you guys advocating that that program be expanded to the rest of the city? And uh, yeah. Well, we're taking a look at uh, a few different options and also working with the city on that to see what is um, cost effective and, and makes the most amount of sense for Revelstoke. Um, so in Johnson Heights, we used the smaller bins or the, sm- the personal, I guess, garbage bins. Um, and the issue that we had with those is in our climate, Um, There was an issue with the locking mechanism. I believe it was freezing and then, or it would break. um, And then within a couple years, half the bins were no longer closing properly or at all. So that's not really practical to roll out across the city. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at um, what places like uh, Banff and Canmore and places like that, what they've done and to see how they overcame some of the obstacles Mm -hmm. um, to make make sure it works works for us as well. You know, um, we can uh, put people on the moon, but we don't have a, 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 a garbage can that can handle the Rebel Coast Stoke <laughs> snow. I, 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 I think we can find the solution. I know I was watching a program on TV uh, from Toronto where they have problems with raccoons and they uh, came up with a pretty skookum uh, uh, bin that they could tip over, but it wouldn't come undone unless, you know, it was, it was a raccoon proof. Are you sure there's not something out there that would actually work and deal with the snow? Well, the biggest issue is that the best personalized garbage bins, there are some amazing ones out there that would work here. However, 
because of uh, the amount of snow we get, um, it's difficult for the trucks that are required for those garbage bins to be able to pull in and pick up the garbage bins with the arms and lift them up because we get so much snow or not a lot of snow and it varies so often. So those garbage cans generally have to be placed directly on the ground um, for the garbage trucks to be able to come by and pick it up. So that's the main hurdling factor, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think um, using Johnson Heights as a trial, going to the bear proof bin, the big dumpster. Um, so that could be something that we're kind of like looking at to maybe roll across other trailer parks and other specific locations across the city to help mitigate that problem. Now we have a, a, a bear aware program, but Revelstoke is not what's known as a bear smart community. That's a certification you attain when you get to uh, fulfill uh, a bunch of requirements. And I understand there's only a handful of bear smart communities in BC. What do we need to yet to do to become a bear smart community? Uh, the two biggest ones that we have left is have some sort of bear-proof garbage solution. Um, So we have to be working towards a solution that is viable, which is right right now, we're not quite in that frame. And the other big one is a wildlife attractant bylaw. So that would be things like making sure your garbage is locked up and that um, any kind of animal can't access garbage or um, also included in that would be ensuring that your fruit trees are pruned properly and picked up and all the windfall raked up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the obstacles to getting that bylaw completed? Um, that would just be, so we've actually put together um, some sample ones that other cities have passed that look um, like something that Revelstoke could adapt. So from there, um, we just have to basically figure out all the ins and outs of what would work for Revelstoke and then present it to the city and then go through the approval of having the city pass a bylaw. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that something that uh, you think is, is going to happen in the next year or so? Or um, I'm hoping so. So mm-hmm. we're we are working on that, and whether I'm not, I, I'm personally not too sure how long it takes for a bylaw to get passed through the city, but I'm going to learn that very quickly, <laughs> and um, it should be a good process to go through. And hopefully, within the next couple years, we have that wildlife bylaw pass, which mm-hmm. would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Another question I have is, um, um, we in my backyard, I have two beautiful plum trees that uh, this year they're doing amazing with that sort of wet weather that we had in there. They're getting really juicy. And I pick them and I eat them. But uh, part of the problem is um, I can't, you know, they're, they're going to be getting ripe on the tree and then there's always a hazard of the, of the bear getting in there. So for someone who's actually using their trees and actually using the fruit, what are best, best practices for managing them? What should I be doing in order to actually eat the fruit, uh, which we, you know, we eat it all winter long, or, and uh, be as bear safe as possible? Um, to start off, so I guess the beginning of the process would be to make sure that the tree is pruned properly. So a lot of the times... The biggest issue with trees, let's say a plum tree, is it gets so huge that you can't reach the plums at the very top of the tree. So at that point, those plums don't become useful. So if they're pruned properly, you get more more fruit in a place that you can reach it around the tree, which is ideal if you're actually using it to be able to eat from. Um, after that, it's just making sure, always making sure that your windfall, anything that falls on the ground, is raked up. And then just as the fruit becomes ripe, trying to stay on top of picking that fruit and either eating it or, you know, canning it or freezing it. There's making pies with it, whatever, (laughs) whatever. There's a lot of options in what you can do with the fruit, um, which is great. 
I don't know if they have the program still in place, but the United Church actually had food dehydrators that they would lend out to you. So I know we were borrowing the dehydrators and dehydrating the plums. In addition to we just pit them and freeze them. So uh, yeah, lots, lots of ways to deal with them. Perfect. Yeah. Also, the Revelstoke Local Food Initiative, um, they have a whole entire canning and dehydrating library that's held at Big Mountain Kitchen. Um, so if you are a... LFI member, you have access to all of those canning goods and everything at no cost, which is great. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we might re- repeat some territory here, but but a sort of a two-part question. You know, we published a story on Tuesday night after the dramatic incident downtown where the, the bear was destroyed on 2nd Avenue and there's had, you know, thousands of reads, lots and lots of reads, and, and there's been a lot of... Uh, um, uh, outcry and a lot of people expressing, you know, disappointment and emotions about this. Um, top three priorities are my questions. What are the three things um, the city, uh, as a city, we need to do? And what are the top things that individual people can do in order to improve the situation and uh, and uh, bring the best down? So top three things. Uh, so you touched on garbage uh, bins or uh, fruit things or bylaws, what are the top three things that need to be done? Um, top three things for the city, I guess, would be um, putting together a some sort of bear-proof uh, garbage solution in place, um, and then enforcing the garbage bylaw, I guess, would be the other major one. Those two are kind of the two that pop out the most. Um, and then when it comes to the residents of Revelstoke, um, I mean, ultimately it comes down to each and every one of us being diligent to lock up, you know, secure your garbage, you know, make sure all the tr- uh, your all of your attractants are secure, um, pick up, picking your fruit, and um, one of the great things about picking, um, if you have issues with picking your fruit and maybe you don't want to cut down your tree, is the LFI and Revelstoke Bearware have partnered together to run the gleaning program again this year. So you can give Bearware a call and we will. Um, put together a bunch of volunteers. We've got some great uh, gleaning coordinators through the LFI that will come and glean your tree and they process the process all of the fruit and it goes to the food bank, which is awesome. One of the perennial debates that happens around bears here is whether to call the bear aware or the police or the conservation or not. The argument is, is that if you drop the dime and make the call, the bear is going to wind up dead. Um, and I think you would argue differently that, in fact, by you know reporting the bears, it has a, a greater chance of survival. What's really happening here? Well, th- what's really happening is people are waiting so long to report a bear that the bear is already kind of in the strike three mode, um, and it's already a problem bear, and you know it walks into a store in downtown. Um, at that point, there's nothing really that we can do about the bear. However, if the bears are reported to us earlier, early enough and reported to the conservation officer, at that point, steps can be taken. So I've, I've been doing a lot of re- reading about, you know, oh, well, why isn't the bear relocated and all of these things? It's simply because the bear is too food conditioned, too habituated for any type of relocation to be possible. So if we take that back three steps, um, and we know about the bears right away, we're able to you know, try different tactics that, that would maybe scare the bear back into the forest or do things like, um, for myself, I can put together like a door-to-door campaign around a specific area 
to concentrate uh, on getting people to clean up their garbage in that area so that we can get the bear to move back into the forest. Um, that was one of the things we were successful with the bear earlier this spring um, in Columbia Park. So there was one that got dis destroyed early uh, due to a cherry tree that was up in uh, up at the top part of Columbia Park and there was another bear in that area but after all of the canvassing and everything the bear eventually did go back into into the forest which is amazing so it does work when we get mm -hmm. reports earlier enough and are able to take action um, at that point then that's when success happens mm -hmm. but if reports come way too late um, then unfortunately we get situations like we have in the last couple days. Mm -hmm. What about the conservation officer um, um, situation in 2013? Uh, the conservation officer that who was based in Revelstoke uh, uh, retired and uh, the province transferred that position to Golden. Um, and at, and one of the rationale was there, therefore there would be two conservation officers located in Golden and they like to uh, work in pairs for, for safety reasons, uh, not just bear issues, lots of, lots of other different issues. What is the status quo with the conservation officer right now? Well, unfortunately in Golden we only have one conservation officer right now. Uh, the other is away on, I think, training um, or helping train other people, I'm not too sure. But um, so we only have one in Golden and he is our main contact. So if we did have a conservation officer or two in Revelstoke, that would again greatly help our ability to have a response to those bears that we get reports on early enough. Mm. Um, because it is unfortunate that it does take an hour and a half for a conservation officer to be able to get here if he's able to get here at all. Mm. Um, so having a conservation officer would be very beneficial to us and not just to us as bearware, but um, for the hunting community, the fishing community, for the environmental um, associations and things like that. There's, there's a wide variety of reasons why having a CO here would be very helpful for Revelstoke. So we would be dealing with a lot more strike one bears as opposed to strike three bears and, and potentially be able to relocate them, leading to fewer being destroyed. Right. Yeah. Do you, in terms of in the past few days, um, is it possible for you to estimate how many might have been uh, relocated instead of destroyed? It's hard to say just mm -hmm. because this year seems to be extremely active. Um, and for myself, I just started um, with the Bearware uh, Society in May, so I'm fairly new. So I'm just learning all of the background information on what has happened previously with all the bears. Um, so uh, it's, it is hard to say what would have happened, but I like to think if we were able to, you know, take that proactive, um, proactive run at it, that there wouldn't have been so many bears. Mm -hmm. All right. Maggie Spazieri is the Revelstoke Bear Aware Coordinator. Um, uh, thank you very much, Maggie, for uh, joining me today. Thank you so much for having me.